Hello, and welcome to the One Q Podcast by Blueprint, where we discuss what we think is the next wave of innovation for technology and businesses. This is a podcast where we ask our guests the one burning question about the future of digital transformation. On today's show, we welcome Tom Taylor. Tom, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm the Managing Director of Client Development for Blueprint. Awesome. So we were actually just at the uh, Retail Experience Center with Microsoft this morning. What did you think was the uh, cool, uh, the, the coolest thing you saw down there? The whole thing was pretty cool. All of the beacons and tracking. I'd say the two coolest have to be the directional speaker and the LED lights that individually pulse their serial number to allow Microsoft or whoever to triangulate a customer's location in a store based on the camera picking up the light pulse. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool uh, experience. So, um, yeah, we're going to get right to it. The one cue of the day is what is the Amazon effect? If you could tell us a little bit about that. And what is the biggest thing you think retailers can do today that will help them compete with Amazon the next three to five years? Sure. I think the Amazon effect, as I understand it, boils down to Amazon's disruption of retail. I think I'm a little bit skeptical that that's as big of a deal as people make of it. It feels to me like a little bit of a red herring based on a, a couple of data points I've seen recently. I was just reading an article, in fact, in the Atlantic Monthly last night that noted that in 2016, the top four retailers were Kroger, Home Depot, Costco, and Walmart, and they owned 13% of the retail market. Amazon was number seven on the list. So when we say the Amazon effect is Amazon disrupting retail, it's such a giant category. They're 20 years into this. They own a relatively small fraction of the market. And as we heard today, they lose billions uh, on the retail side. You know, they're recouping about 50% of their cost on all that free shipping stuff. So I kind of look at it and and wonder, why are we talking about the Amazon effect? I think, you know, an analogous situation would be, we're not talking about the Google effect. So 15 years ago, you had Ask Jeeves, MSN Search, Yahoo, Ink2Me. There were a dozen or more viable search engines out there. Google destroyed them all completely in a matter of a couple of years. That's, that's a big effect. That's not to say Amazon hasn't had any effect, but it's, if you look at who do they impact, I don't think it's retail all up. Interesting. So are you saying, um, are you saying that the, the Amazon effect isn't as significant as most people think it is? And then also um, it would be good for you to describe like what areas do you think they are Amazon is putting pressure on, on retailers? Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at where Amazon started, Jeff's entire idea was, let's start out with something that's got a low low emotional quotient from a purchase perspective, has a relatively low purchase price, is, is relatively easy to source, and has a decent purchase frequency. He went with books. You don't put a lot of emotional energy into purchasing a paperback the way you do a diamond ring or a couch or something like that. Easy to ship all these kinds of things. And it's somewhat of a commodity. And what Amazon did early on is they attacked those markets. They went into electronics, things like that. Who got nailed on those those things? Well, the booksellers felt a big impact. Recently, you saw Radio Shack fold. 
what did Radio Shack do? They sold commodity bits and pieces for electronic stuff. They sold some toys. They, they got into phones a bit. Toys R Us recently, again, another low emotional impact, low price point purchase. That's, those are the folks. And then you have the folks who were historically catalog companies. So it's really, it's, there's really kind of three things to me it, 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 for retail folks. It's if your business is either all about commodity items or these sort of things that are real easy for people to purchase on the Internet and or those things are loss leaders you rely on to bring people into your store and or you're largely a shipping-based business and you need to deal with the free shipping thing, those are the folks that are really going to feel an impact from Amazon. If you're in a category that's more around touch, feel, emotion, high price point, so jewelry, even somebody like, think Williams-Sonoma. Williams-Sonoma, that's an experience. They're selling expensive high-end kitchen goods. People want to touch and feel those things. Or maybe you've got a real strong brand and experience around it, the North Face, Patagonia, these kind of folks. Those retailers, I, I don't really think those folks are, are getting hammered by Amazon. You're not going, I anyway, am not necessarily going to go and buy a emotionally charged, expensive item on Amazon. And even if you look at a, an example, a good example of why that doesn't work, look at Blue Nile. Blue Nile built a business selling jewelry online at a relatively competitive price point compared to everybody else several years ago. But even Blue Nile, that's their core business, They've had to open up retail stores. People just, there is a large category of things. It's not just specialty stuff. There's a large category of things where, where people just aren't going to buy it online. Amazon is really strong in that other, that other segment. You look at folks like, you know, Kroger was on that list. So these are the guys, or Fred Meyer is a good example. There, there's groceries, there's housewares, there's furniture, there's electronics, that's easy stuff. You walk in, you're getting your groceries, you get all this other stuff. There's there's just a whole category of folks. Home Depot, are you going to buy a lawnmower on Amazon? No. A hammer, maybe not even. So you know, there's this whole huge swath of the market where is there an impact, maybe, but is, is it an effect? I don't think so, so much. What uh, For those companies that actually are feeling the pressure... What would you say is the biggest thing that they can do today that's going to help them compete? Or is it just that the is your opinion that the market is just moving and they should go the way of the search engines that Google destroyed? Not necessarily. So if you if you look at you know, through through that lens, MSN search is barely even a player anymore. That didn't destroy Microsoft. It didn't destroy the MSN portal. And in the same way, you look at, let's take somebody who, I think, look, if your core business is Radio Shack, you're selling commodity bits and pieces, if that's your core business, you're probably already gone. And a lot of those folks are. Ditto for the catalog first companies that couldn't get shipping figured out. Look at one who's been successful, L.L. Bean. They went to free shipping five, six, seven years ago. They did that to get out ahead of this, and they're doing fine. But... If you're one of those tweeners where you go, okay, well, selling diaper, I get people in the store with diapers and toilet paper and whatever, commodity, the, the kind of stuff that Amazon's real strong, and that's how I get them in the store. I think you need to think about either other value props to get people in the store and or you think about building an experience that is unique and that is only accessible via the retail outlet if that's where, where you're where you're putting what you're putting all your chips on let me give you a, let me give you a practical example then 
say you're the CEO of a company like GameStop. They're not dead. They have they sell things that are relatively commoditized, video games yep. and accessories that you can get on Amazon. What do they have to do? What should they be thinking about doing right now um, to be able to actually stay out in front? Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think that's that's where it comes down to get a couple things with GameStop. I've been in that. I go in that store all the time when I walk past it. And that's a huge thing. I walk past it. They've got all the games in there. I can pick them up. I can hold them side by side. I can flip the box over. Arguably, you can do all those things on Amazon too. So if I were GameStop, what I would think about is make that a, a an experience that is less replicable, even less replicable online. So more more demos, more experiences where I can actually pick up the controllers, play the games, these kinds of things. Something something about the experience. I mean, even if you think of Costco, and, and I think uh, we talk about Costco being impacted by Amazon a lot, but Costco is an experience. I personally hate going there. But a lot of people love going there. You go into Costco and there's all kinds of stuff going on and there's the TVs and and there's the samples and there's the unexpected four-gallon jug of Macallan or whatever it is. And if you look at the other thing, you know, another thing they've done, increasing the value prop of the visit to the store, they've got great meat. They have fantastic meats. Their beef is awesome. Their seafood is awesome. Quality of product. And you're not going to buy a slab of beef online, probably. Certainly Mm -hmm. not crab legs, I would hope. Um, But so I think, yeah, it's really about get away from lost leaders as the way to get people in the store. When you do get people in the store, there's got to be a compelling experience, a reason why I'm in the store and I'm having an awesome time at it and I'm happy to come back again and again. Awesome. So thanks again for coming on the podcast, Tom. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us today again on the One Q podcast by Blueprint, where we discuss what we think is the next wave of innovation for technology and businesses. Thanks, Ryan. My pleasure. 